The book of Jonah is certainly a while of a tale. It is full of colourful images, mysterious sea creatures, strange animal and human behaviour, enormous cities, it excites with intrigue and delights with irony, and above all, it is a fascinating piece of theological literature. The basic story is about a person named Jonah who was asked by God to go to Nineveh and deliver a message to its people. Jonah didn't think much of this idea. In fact, he detested it. He got in a boat and actually headed in an entirely different direction. While he was on the boat, a devastating storm blew up. The crew eventually believed that Jonah was the cause of this storm and therefore at Jonah's request, the crew threw him overboard and then the storm subsided. Meanwhile, a big fish swallowed Jonah. Jonah prayed to God and the fish then vomited him out onto dry land. Jonah then decides to go to Nineveh and deliver God's message. The people of Nineveh, including the king, hear God's message. They repent, they turn to God and are saved. Instead of being happy about this, this really ticks Jonah off. He is furious, so angry that he storms out of Nineveh. He is so depressed he sulks under a withered vine and ask God to let him die. Well, let's unpack a few aspects of this story of Jonah with a little of the background. Jonah is an Israelite, and he is asked to take a message to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was in Assyria, and the Assyrian people were not very nice people. In the second book of Kings in the Old Testament, we can read about how various kings of Assyria had invaded Israel, how they had set siege to Israelite cities, starving the people to death or to surrender, and then the Assyrians had deported them to foreign countries. Basically, the Assyrians were mean, nasty, brutish, violent, barbaric and oppressive. They had made life a living hell for the people of Israel. Now, if we applied this to a more recent historical context, this would perhaps be like God asking someone to go to the heart of Nazi Germany in the late 1930s and preaching that the Jewish people are to be loved and cared for and not persecuted. Or in more recent history, someone being asked to go to the headquarters of the Taliban and preaching that all people are to be loved and cared for and not terrorised. So let's not fool ourselves here. I imagine we would hop on a plane or a ship and head in the opposite direction. And this is what Jonah did. He got on a boat and headed for Spain in the opposite direction to Nineveh. However, this did not go so well for Jonah. The boat he was on encountered a ferocious storm. And here we see some powerful irony from the writer of this story. The pagan crew of the boat are the ones who prayed while Jonah, the so-called person of God, he did not pray, he actually slept in the boat. Furthermore, Jonah, the one who supposedly followed God, flees from God, whereas the pagan crew of the boat fled to God during and after the storm. Jonah is finally thrown overboard, and this experience 
uh, before being deposited back on dry land gives him pause to reflect on his early decision. And so he decides to go to Nineveh. And what happens? Those horrible, mean, nasty Assyrians turn to God. They repent. They hear the message of God. They come to faith in God and they are saved. But again, Jonah wasn't happy about this. This really gets under his skin big time. He is angry, furious and so upset that he storms off in a huff. At the end of the day, Jonah is no hero of the faith. He is no faithful follower of God. When the real reason for his not wanting to go to Nineveh is revealed, he is exposed as nothing more than a selfish, egotistical bigot, a racist. We read about this in Jonah 4 verse 2 from the message. God, I knew it. When I was back home, I knew this was going to happen. That's why I ran off to Tarshish. I knew you were shelter, you were sheer grace and mercy, not easily angered, that you were love and ready at the drop of a hat to turn your plans of punishment into a program of forgiveness. Jonah basically says to God, if you're not going to kill the Ninevites, then just let me die. Jonah is angry at God for being so kind to the Assyrians and say, says that he knew God would be like this and this is why he did not want to go to Nineveh in the first place. Jonah and the Israelite people believed that they were special, that they were chosen. They were, after all, the people of God. Therefore, Jonah did not believe that people like the pagan, heathen Ninevites should be shown mercy or grace by God. Again, irony is evident here. The supposedly righteous Israelite Jonah is defiant, racist, a real jerk of a person, and unreceptive and closed to God's message. While the supposedly evil, wicked, pagan, heathen people of Nineveh are receptive and open to God's message for them. In a temper tantrum, Jonah goes out of the city and sits down in a huff under the shade of a vine, perhaps some sort of gourd plant. Then the leaves wither and die and Jonah wants to do the same thing. Jonah is so angry that he wants to die. Jonah would rather die than accept that God should show grace and mercy to the people of Nineveh, the people he hated. This shows the ugly depths of his prejudice. So God speaks to Jonah and I can just imagine God's word. Jonah, really? I show my love, grace, mercy and forgiveness to the Assyrians just like I did to you and the Israelites and you became my followers. Yet I do this for others and you are furious, you are angry, you are upset. Really? You are better than that, Jonah. Surely you are not serious. But of course Jonah is serious. Of course Jonah is angry. He is furious. He cannot forgive. He just wants to end it all. 
Well, the book closes with the people of Nineveh having been saved, yet we are not sure about Jonah. Well, the book of Jonah is a confrontation. It's a challenge. It's a kick in the pants to Jonah and the people of Israel in relation to their attitude towards people who were not like them. Likewise, I believe it is a confrontation, a challenge, a kick in the pants to us if ever we, in action, word, or in the deepest depths of our thoughts, diminish the human dignity or value of any person because of the colour of their skin, their ethnicity, their religious beliefs, their behaviour and practices, their gender, their age, their sexual orientation, their political viewpoints, their likes and dislikes, or whatever. If ever we think that any other human being is somehow less grace, less favoured, less loved, less entitled than we are, then we fall into the same error that Jonah made. The story of Jonah has the potential to confront us and disturb us with the kind of forgiving love and grace that can transform us and empower us into more mature and courageous people. People who can be a channel through which God's redeeming love can flow without discrimination. May this profound story from Jonah about God's love, grace, mercy and forgiveness be our example as we live out our Christian experience in the here and now of the 21st century. Please allow me to share a prayer with you. Gracious, loving, merciful and forgiving God, please forgive me. Please forgive me when my bigotry is thinly veiled behind my nationalism. When my prejudice is excused indistinctly by my sense of entitlement. When my racism masquerades as staunch patriotism. When my selfishness is weakly masked by my Australian birthright. Please forgive me of these sins. Please help me to acknowledge that you love every person on this planet in equal measure, without discrimination. Help me have the courage to do the same. Please help me understand that you extend grace to everyone in exactly the same way, without any bias. Empower me to do likewise. Please help me recognise that you show mercy to all people in identical fashion, with not a trace of prejudice. Help me be brave enough to do the same. Please help me accept that you offer forgiveness to every human being in an equivalent nature without any favouritism. Inspire me to exhibit the very same attitude so that I can be a person through whom God's redeeming love can flow to others. Please help these things be a reality in my life today. Amen.